Hello, you are listening to Maghreb in Past and Present Podcasts, a space dedicated to history, politics, art, culture, sociology, anthropology, and many other subjects. This episode is part of the Libya Studies Lecture Series and was recorded on the 9th of October, 2022, at Beit al-Hikmah in Tunis, as part of the 2022 AIMS Arts and Humanities Conference on Libya. In this podcast, we welcome Hadi Agana, founder of Beit Ali Ghana, and Faraj Asselini, cultural manager of Tanarut Organization for Libyan Creativity, presenting a podcast entitled Making Spaces for Art and Culture in Libya. Hatia Ghana from Betaligana project. It's a cultural space based on the collection of one artist, Ali Ghana, my father. Hello, Hadia, Raj Selini. I'm the cultural manager of Tarut, it's the arts and cultural center in Baghazi. We make since 2015 exhibitions, theater, courses, a humanity circle, book club, cinema club, and on a personal level, I am interested in cultural policies. What I find uh, interesting in a way is I started the project before Tanarut, but then Tanarut overpassed and had all the kind of problems, nightmares that I had, I still have because I still haven't opened to the public formally. So I find it interesting actually to see what you've done and how, as a case study, how you managed to overcome all these problems that are like nightmares for any institution. Yeah, when you say struggles and problems, I mean, we had a lot of problems with the neighbors in the first place, but then we've moved out there and we learned that we need to make more community participation with the neighbors to our activities. So that's what happened. And we really, when the case court happened, we found that the neighbors are with us and they are defending the place with us. Also, the problem happened us with the case, but maybe we talked about it later. So. Tell me more about your challenges and what you have faced in Betarigana. Well, for me, as I told you, I haven't started. My first challenges were, of course, like everybody would say, the budget. But in a way, I used it as a tool because it's always the same thing. You know, when you say, why are you not doing an activity or why you don't do uh, an institution? They would say, I don't have the budget. The government doesn't give me the budget and so on. So I said, okay, I will start with no budget, with whatever I have. Already I have a house, which is very important. Mm. You know, I took it from my brothers and sisters. Mm. <laughs> and uh, they accepted to give the house for this, which is quite nice of them. I have the support, family support at least. I have the collection, my father's collection. And I have a name. It's already a famous name, at least in the cultural field or architectural field. So I have a lot of assets, let's say, to start something. The pressure is that I should honor it and I shouldn't, you know, do whatever. So it's limiting in a certain way to what is honoring, uh, what is useful and what is abuse. Also abuse not of my father's reputation, but also abuse the trust of the ones who are trusting me in this work, either from the family, the extended one, or from people who know my father or whatever. And I know that they are watching me in a way. So uh, all these is like a package that every time I take it and it's always a questioning, should I do this or should I use this thing or not? Or should I leave it for after? For instance, there's a question of should I be the manager of this entity? 
because then I would have this thing of mine, my precious, you know. And um, so it's a reverse kind of question. I have everything. So how to give it away? Well, I always look up to you as a mentor, as someone that you want to be in the future. Like you're passionate about us and culture and you're passionate about making things and giving gain to the people. And you don't want uh, for you to hold all of these things because all of these things aren't for you. It's for them. That's why we work in Asa Culture. We don't work this for us, but we work things for the people. I think that's one of the things that made a group of us at Tanaru to research and to make recommendations on cultural policies so that people that come after us don't have to struggle like us in a legal way. There isn't any rules or laws that regulate the cultural work. And we always have to go to the civil society commission that only give us minimal rights as an institution or as an organization, not as individuals. Also, this makes us go to the case court. We had the lawyers with us, we had the neighbors, community with us, people on Facebook were with us, people on social media were with us, but the higher authority was not in our hand. That was uh, the endorsement made us a case that we, we present uh, something against our traditions in movies and in books, but eventually we, uh, we got innocent. So uh, this is a good sign. I see that still the Supreme or the higher Supreme still have some hope in them so that we can go to them and make advocacy lobbying to them that we need to update the rules that everyone have a right. And I always believe in baby steps because we see that I don't work a lot, seven years, but that isn't enough. In other organization needs to go out, currently Tajarud and others seen and others. We all need to work together, not for us, but for future generations to have the right to keep going baby steps. Will all eventually do something in. I'm not familiar at all with the laws, but as it's not existing, maybe we could find something or do something that is sticking more to the Libyan society in a way. For instance, in the old city, I kind of discovered when they say, for instance, waqf uh, things that are waqf or things that are waqf this or that family. So I was there, what is waqf? I know awqaf saying, okay, it's for like shops that are going back for the mosque or so. But what is Waqf al-Sur? And it's simply the same thing, not religious, but civil. That all the money or the rents of, for instance, that number of shops go for the restoration of the rampart, of the wall, the city wall. And of course it's not used or anything, but then we discovered that there is this, to restore the wall through the generation. Waqf al-Aila, it's when, for instance, the grandfather or whatever don't want fights, you just say, okay, this is for the whole family and it's forbidden to sell. So you have to use it and fructify this place for the family. So there are things like the tribes were a good thing for social activity, for uh, social health also. It was a system that was useful, but when we cut it, saying, okay, no, tribal thing is not good. It's an ancient problem. And we never saw, you know, if you modernize this thing, what could it be? For instance, we still don't have social security in Libya. But I know, for instance, some tribes have a system of social security. If you kill someone with a car, you won't go to jail because the big heads in the family yeah. would take care of this and they will pay. There is also a payment that they all pay. It's really nicely organized. So why in the culture we don't do a kind of mirroring of all these social laws to have something to protect culture?
Just now, while we were talking in this conference, I was thinking of this. Why we want to import laws that maybe are not fitting exactly to our mentality and refusing what we had and what worked when we were ancient time. So I don't know what you think. Have you thought of this? Did you know about these stories of Al-Qaf? You're looking at me like with big eyes. <laughs> yeah, like when you said the tribe and it's not like laws, it's sort of a thing that Logically, it's wrong, like the states should be ruled by laws and uh, police stations and court. But it's somehow in this chaos, let me say, that these tribes have a thing called Dami The blood covers the shame. Like if someone was killed, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. The murderer should pay the price. But I think that especially in the East, that these things held down the furious or the need to be violent. Like, if you kill somebody, it doesn't matter if it was his fault or anything, you will go to jail or you will pay for it. So, why are these things in Asakasha? Not like murder or something or anything. Because they protected your place. Yeah, like, isn't there anything for any Asakasha? I think that this is basically will be made by the next generations. We have two paths. Do we want to work on the past or we want to work on the future together? I think that we need to work on the future together and the past is the past and we need to work again on the rules, on the laws, on making the society really feels the need of our culture as a way of change from the schools, from the streets, from our work, from reflecting causes. Because like in the conference today, they were talking about when they went to a heritage place and the owner of the land said, I want to sell the land. And we all think that uh, the landowner is the one to blame. But no, he was raised all of his life that he don't know heritage, don't know arts and culture. Like, why do we blame him? We was the people who are privileged enough to study, to travel, to read books. But how can we in the future reach those people? I think it's from being young. Me and my family, I try to affect my younger brothers and sisters. I see hope because, speaking from my family, I've seen the difference when I started in the Oscar culture scene nearly six years or seven years ago. Our whole family changed. My mother started defending me and what's happening in Tarut, saying, no, they don't do this, they don't that. My father was, in the beginning, suspicious about all the things, but when he sees me growing and working hard, they started to believe. I have a library, my brothers and my sister are reading, I'm affecting them, I'm going to discussions with them. As a I have a way in, like, tahdeeb al-bashar, like, making them calm. And I think if... If I could affect my family and from the close circle, my friends, I think, look what you can do if every house or every street have also culture. So what would you think to do uh, loads of Tana roots? Yeah, I mean, uh, I hope, like now, when, with our new project, as I said, it doesn't need to end at Tana Root. If we need to make another thing and move on, why not, Yanni? And if all of the people now in Tana Root went somewhere and made an initiative in Asa culture, that would be great. Also that there is hope and change because none of the people who founded Tarut or was in the beginning of Tarut are here anymore. We are all uh, new people and we still have new people to take off the light and move on. So there's hope. I have um, a question, another one. You are my mentor in a way also. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm following and I really like what you're doing. I told you I'm not thinking to be the manager of Beit Ali Ghana. Maybe at the beginning, just to start, but then I don't want to keep going with it. My big problem, also with my work in the old city, because it's kind of intertwined, is where, how, 
who will take the place? I mean, like in, in Tarot, we just had people coming to courses and then they liked the place. Then at some point, there was a low number of members, so we started a new thing. We make a call, people can yani, register, and then we make them a 3D workshop. What is civil society? What's Tarot? A little bit of music, a little bit of art, a little bit of book, watching movie together so that the new members can relate to our work. Of course, there will be there 30 people and only like 10 will stay and only then five will come regularly. So it's all about the atmosphere because we're not a profit place, we're not a governmental place. You can vibe, like I vibed, like many other vibe. You have a place making us a culture for free, you can work. If you really love so, it can build up your CV, you can have other chances. So we build a family and then you start to give responsibilities to each one and either they fail or they success in these responsibilities. So by time, they will go even further and will eventually like hold the place. Also, there is another side that being an artist or being a cultural worker, it doesn't necessarily means that you are a cultural manager. That's the thing that I've learned by the years. I was asking myself, okay, I play music, but I'm not an artist, but I'm good at cultural management. And it's always good to pass on your knowledge, because I was privileged enough to go and take this workshop. I took it for free, why not give it for free? I mean, that's a super concept. It's obvious for, let's say, people like us, in a way, but I found out that it's a very difficult concept to apprehend from a lot of people, from the Libyan society a lot, it's a bit the same in other places, but I think in the Libyan society, it's still difficult to understand why we're doing this. Is it for fame? Is it for what, you know? And this, myself, I find it very difficult to explain, to say, why are you doing that? Sometimes I say, okay, it's an ego. If it's not me, it's my father. I want to show my father and that's it. But then why? If you think of uh, emergency, if you think of uh, climate change and these things. So what is the basic need of survival in a desertic uh, country? And why you want to keep showing that there is something? Just leave the mountain, the Sahara <laughs> just leave it. So I always kind of remind myself why I don't just leave it to die. Then other people tell me, no, no, it's good, we want this. We want to know what is there. For instance, this uh, Stadali Mustafa, my father's friend, he's in heaven when he comes and selects the papers. I love watching him because he's there, he's with his friend and watches and he said, ah, I didn't know this one. I haven't seen it. Look, 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 this. And he's Mm. there like talking to Ali Ghana, as he calls him. And just to see him, to watch him having this discussion, It's worth it. I don't need to have people coming. (laughs) I don't need to have hundreds to come, but just these, you know, very precious times for me, it's marvelous. So I guess you have a bit the same thing, these moments of bliss with culture. Thank you, Adi. Thank you, Faraj. Thank you for listening to Maghreb and Past and Present Podcasts. Other episodes are available on our website, www.themagrebpodcast.com, as well as on iTunes and Podbean. For more information on our podcasts, visit our Facebook page, Maghreb and Past and Present Podcasts. Subscribe to the Semat newsletter at www.sematmagreb.org 
or visit the webpage at the American Institute for Microbe Studies. See you soon for a new episode.